Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another spooky comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who's carrying a head with them through France with me tonight? Uh, hey, everybody. It's Kenneth Sanity, the self-proclaimed emperor of Games My Mom Found. <laughs> and uh, Chris, I don't have anything funny to say. <laughs> and where can people find you at, Chris? I'm on Your Stupid Minds, and I'm also on um, some of my friends read comics. Great, and as we're here for another spooky episode, as we've been doing every year now for a few years, actually. I think I think we skipped a, I think we skipped a year or two, but off and on for a lot of our Spooktobers. Like to do, we're doing another Sandman. This time we're covering the Sandman Fables and Reflections trade, which is trade six, which is just a collection of short stories or one or one off issues. I guess either way works, but so that's what we are here to bring you today. We are. I'm continuing my quest to read all the Sandman. And we have officially passed the halfway point of the mainline story. I was going to say, of the 70-some issues, 75 issues, right? We're, <laughs> we're past that. Which is nice. I mean, I know there's what there's two after the main one, right? 11 and 12. I forget what they're called, but Endless uh, Trades. Endless Nights and Dream Hunters. I got to buy those still. I, I have the collection of 10 so far in trade form. Yeah, and those 10 fo- form the main story but so i mean it's really up to you whether or not we continue but if you like the sandman's world and this goes to all of you listeners out there read what you can and and i'm pretty sure chris has said this before it's probably your local library right isn't sandman there i'm assuming it's yeah almost every library i've ever been to has a copy of the sandman if it's not in the teen comics section it's in 71.5 you know g uh, for Gaiman, uh, it's that's where they they stick some of the stuff that's too adult for the teen section. <laughs> I mean, some of these books are too adult even for a thirty year old. Your mic sometimes, but hey, <laughs> I don't like horror stuff. So, and sometimes these books. So we're gonna do this one a little bit differently. Normally, for comic episodes, you listen to a lot of the show. We break down the comic almost like panel by panel. Sometimes it feels like, but this one we're not. We're just gonna pick each story and then talk about each story and then kind of just go on because this one's a little different. Also, it's just. What I think like seven or yeah, seven or eight issues that are just different stuff. And the first one isn't even in like a a regular comic. It, it looked like it was just something from a preview of Vertigo or something. I think Fear of yeah, Falling. It it was. It was just a real short story that was from Vertigo preview number one. And it was it it feels like the cold open to a Bond movie. That is a good point. Like this is the little story you get as a preview of everything else. And it's important that this kind of sets you up for it because this story barely has dream in it. Like he's, he's in there for a little bit, but for the most part, nah, it's just kind of, it's just, yeah, not what I expected. I mean, you just like, when I went into reading this, I wasn't expecting what we got. Like I wasn't even like, even for example, like the first story I looked at, I'm like, okay, just a few pages. You know, I, I, I flipped through, saw how long it was. I'm like, what is this? And, I was like, okay, I don't really care. And then I started reading it, and it's all about this guy who's going to quit. He was a director of a play, and just, he's just going to quit. He's like, I don't want to do this. I can't do this. He tells his aide that comes like, hey, I'm quitting. Like, we're done. Like, you know, I'm coming in tomorrow. You're going to read the letter. Everybody's, we're done. You know, get lost. Like, <laughs> And it was like, okay, I, I wasn't that interested. And as I'm reading it, and you're introduced to Morpheus. And again, the way they draw Morpheus, and this is fucking weird. I didn't like it, but it works. Because <laughs> again, I mean, I've come to the, I've come to the, conclusion and agreement that i'm completely okay with the fact that different times or different people seeing morpheus see morpheus in a different way like that's fine it makes sense but i did not like the drawing of morpheus <laughs> but this story really hit me like it hit me more than i was expecting 
the whole idea is that you can. There's always three choices to everything. You can fail, you can succeed, or you can fly, or you can fall and fly, or something of that nature. Yeah, you can either retreat from the action and just give up and not know whether or not you're going to fail. You can fail, or you can fly higher than you ever dreamed possible. And I, I really dig this story because it really sets up in as much as there is a central theme to this book, this kind of puts the power of dreams in your mind. And I think throughout all the stories, that's the one central theme that there is just the power of dreams. That's a good way to put it. I just, it was, I was surprised how much it hit me when he makes that comment to him. Cause you have this guy that's scared of heights and he's talking about how it's like, Hey, I, I never even climbed trees. I, you know, or something happened and he fell one. So he was like, I'm done. And I, you know, he had a dream where he almost fell and he was done. I, I'm terrified of heights. I've been on one roller coaster. It wasn't the line roller coaster, some kind of ride. Some, it was a, a turtles ride, actually. <laughs> and it brought me all the way up near the top of the ceiling of the Mall of America. Did it once to impress a girl. Never again. I can't do it. I can't do heights. And so I, I related to that. Chris, do you have any fear of heights? I have a little bit, not not to that level at all. You know, I, I go on <laughs> roller coasters, I do all that stuff. I do, you know, it's it's something I'm like aware of. My building, there's like a four foot railing and then a what probably seventy five foot drop over it, and I'm like, no, I'm not gonna look over that. No, I I won't even go. Like we go to Mall America up here in Minnesota, and I won't even go near the edge of the railing. Like I don't <laughs> like heights to a huge degree, so <laughs> it just bothers me. So I could really relate to this one. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of them either. I had a bad experience on a theme park ride once. <laughs> Used to do roller coasters all the time. But I don't know if any of you are familiar with uh, the Giant Drop. It's a ride at uh, Six Flags Great America in Illinois. Nope. And basically they just lift you up and drop you. <laughs> it's It's not a terribly clever name. But everybody's on like this little round seating thing and you're kind of hanging there and you're bolted in with a harness. Well, I'm not the smallest individual in the world. And on the way up, the shoulder harness popped a notch like it didn't go any further, but it just popped one notch. And I've never been more terrified in my life. I cannot do heights at all anymore. And yeah, that was that was fun. I don't think fun is the word you're looking for, but we can go with it. <laughs> uh, no, uh, terrifying, uh, bone-shakingly awful is a good one. Yeah, I didn't have anything that happened. The ride for me went just fine. I just was like, no, I'm good. No need to. I'm just never doing this again. <laughs> but it's, it's just such an interesting little story. Like, I was just, it just, it kind of surprised me how much it grabbed me and how much I found myself relating to this character who then, you know, after he has this dream, after Morpheus talks to him, he goes back. And he's able to, you know, face his fears and he continues to play. But you are right, Ken. Like you said earlier, like this, these these stories are all so much about, you know, just Morpheus existing and not really like they're not. It's not a it's not like a Morpheus centric story, which, again, Sandman never really is or has to be. It's different. Right. And like Morpheus shows up in most of the stories. Hell, all of the endless show up in one. And I can't wait to talk about. Oh, that one's going to be fun. But like, it's just, this is all, it feels like a tone setting book. And I've heard people say that this is probably the least essential volume of the series, just because, you know, there's no actual main plot with the exception of, you know, maybe a story we'll talk about later, but I disagree. (laughs) 
I, I feel like this is a good, like, kind of setting the tone of what's to come. And the biggest thing is that quote that starts the book from Shakespeare, uh, from All's Well That Ends Well. And the quote is, they say miracles are past, and we have our philosophical persons to make modern and familiar things supernatural and causeless. Hence it is that we make trifles of terror, ensconcing ourselves in seeming knowledge when we should submit ourselves to an unknown fear. Man, that's a good quote. <laughs> it's just what they do with this. Like, I also completely disagree that that for someone saying that this is not intense, not essen- not essential. Well, the least essential. Okay, Which, I can't speak. I haven't read enough, but I can kind of understand it. But again, that's just because it's not directly related to the plot. But there's important stuff in here. God, yes. Like the first main story of this issue. Uh, which I I had, which is called September uh, three September's in a January, which I had heard about. So I listened to a podcast called uh, The Comic Conspiracy with their big Sandman fans, and every so often they come up and they talk about. I mean, Sandman will come up and they'll mention stuff, and they mentioned this thing, and it meant nothing to me, obviously. But I'm like, okay, what is this? Because they said, you know, the Emperor of the United States. I'm like, what? This sounds interesting. And that was it. They just, you know, just mentioned that it exists. Like, oh, that'd be a great episode for the Sandman show. Do I can't wait to see them do that someday. And that was the end of the story. They just mentioned it, and I was like, and I was always curious. So when I started reading this, and we get to the point when you find out like what the story is about, I was like, I'm here. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it this got me. Is a really good story. It is, Chris. I'm assuming you read this one back in the day. Yes, I, I read all of these. Uh, this is the Emperor Norton story, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm I'm looking at the comic issue order, and so I'm like being forced to jump back and forth. Yeah, no, it's not easy. It's it's confusing. Because they're not even issues in order. It's just they just took a bunch of issues and kind of shoved it into a trade. Yeah, this. So uh, the Emperor Norton story was issue 31. We mentioned the Vertigo preview was the fear of falling. And then, yeah, then the next issue is 29. It's it's very annoying <laughs> the way that they just put all these together. And we're like, here you go. I mean, that's why I read the trade. That's why I didn't read this online, because I didn't want to sit there and pull up issue to issue. I'm like, I'm just going to grab the trade. I'm just going to sit down and read the trade. And again, that is how I would recommend someone read this. I'm just doing this (laughs) because I don't have it in front of me. (laughs) This was like, I was surprised to see all, like, I think you have all, you know, you don't have all the family. You have a bunch of the family in this issue. Yeah. And that surprised me because you're not interested, because you don't see, oh God, what is the one that's, uh, the, the one that's essentially tort going that the emperor is about. Cause he, when you first see this guy, he's about to kill himself. Oh God. What the hell is that name? The oh, despair. Yes. My brain could not think of despair. I mean, it's just cool. You don't get despair very. I think we had despair one time before this. Well, we had despair in the doll's house. Yes. But that was always in working with desire. And this is kind of, you know, despair on our own, you know, kind of working their influence on um, this man named Joshua, who later is Joshua Abraham Norton, the (laughs) first, last, and only emperor of the United States of America, (laughs) a person from real history who has a ton of stuff in San Francisco named after him. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. I'm assuming he wasn't the emperor of the United States, so I'm pretty sure. He declared (laughs) himself to be. Yeah, I mean, he was the first and last. Yeah. Wait, that's real? Yeah. Okay, I did not know that. I thought it was just something they did. Okay. 
Yeah, he was, I mean, you know, you would you would call him a crazy person, except that everyone sort of was like, yeah, that's fine. And he, so he's more just an eccentric. That is really cool. Okay, that just took the story and just raised it, because I'm, I'm looking now online and like, yeah, you, it's real. Like, okay. Yeah, it, it's absolutely nuts. He was, he was basically treated like an emperor. <laughs> like, the city sold souvenirs, and like, he got free free stuff all over the place because San Francisco loved him. It's nuts. I did not read. I just thought it was just a cool story. No, no. Yeah. This is, this is the explanation for how this guy who just sort of had a uh, break from reality, uh, but was loved by all as a result, uh, how that happened. Well, I'm, I'm reading his official acts as emperor. What the person did, July 16, 1860. Or no, that's dissolved the United States of America. August 12, 1869, dissolved and abolished the Democratic and Republican parties because of party strife. Okay. Yep, <laughs> I well, can get behind that one. Start over, Art. Yeah, and that's what that's what Washington said, right? His his farewell speech was like, "Don't form political parties." <laughs> so spoiler. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is it's it's a very fun story, and yeah, it's you know uh, I will say I um, this is when I read this, and I still think it's a good story. I, I think I've complained in the past. Uh, Guyman goes to this well too often. He loves to have a, a historical character be like, "Ooh, I knew this historical character that you may not have heard of," and that in 1992 or whatever, that's kind of a cool party trick. But when he's doing it in like Eternals in 2011 or whenever that was, or I, it was like 2006. But still, it's like Wikipedia exists. It's no longer a cool trick to be like, yeah. I, I knew J.M. Barry and he saw me flying around and was like, you're like some sort of pan. You know, it's just it, it gets to be like too cute that everybody knows everybody. But here, this is still uh, I think this is a good story. So it's OK. That's it's, cool. Yeah. Like it is. A really good story about the power of drinks. Like yeah, and I, I, I just, I really, like, I couldn't stop. I read the story twice, and I could, I'm going to see myself reading the story again. Like, being able to see despair, you see delirium. And I like the way they draw delirium in this a lot, in this issue, where she's just, like, you don't see her. I haven't seen her a lot in the story. I think she was in the season of Miss story arc, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she hasn't really shown up a ton by this point. No, I mean, you just see a little bit with her and like, I like, lo- I just love the way they did the bubbles where everything's in a different color and like, it was just so cool. And then of course, you know, death's hanging about. I death, love death. Know. I will never get tired of that character in this book. Like every time I see her, I'm like, ah, oh, that's great. Such a cool character. She just looks so cool too. Yeah. I mean, oh, I can't, I don't know. I can't get over it. I just, it was just so damn cool. Like everything was like the whole idea that he was going, you know, that he was essentially going to commit suicide, which looked very painful, by the way, with a, with a razor blade. But it is the 1800s, so I get it. But whew, that just seems like a very bad way to go. And then he's just kind of inspired by talking with Dream and just like, hey, man, why don't you not do that and go <laughs> do something crazy? <laughs> and, and he's he just like, well, by gum, I do believe I will. Yeah. And like you can get introduced to desire in this and the way they do desire, like. I love how they always say like he. What the hey? I think the thing is he, she, because desire is it's both essentially okay. in this book. This character, yeah, desire is sexless. Yeah, I I I really like desire too. Like I, the whole thing of trying to get a dead man to like, hey, well, why don't you tell Norton like here, Norton, you can choose what woman do you want. Like he's like, I don't want nothing. <laughs> no thanks. I'm You're cool. dead. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it was just 
Oh, and I think there's a part. God, I I think I need to. I need to flip some pages now. This is weird. I mean, I don't normally have to do this with the episode. I'm usually scrolling, not flipping pages. <laughs> but I really laugh when 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 the dead guy gets back in the carriage. What does Delirious say? Oh yeah, get down and lick. <laughs> I just laugh my ass off. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that could be that could be multiple things they're referencing, but that made, me laugh. <sighs> made me laugh my ass off. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do like, too, that when death shows up for Norton, finally, she's like, you know what? I met a lot of kings and emperors, but you were probably my favorite because, he, yeah, he has no like there's nothing bad. <laughs> he just uh, is the formality of an emperor, uh, yeah. but he's not actually, you know, he's just out there pardoning cats and, you know, uh, doing uh, making things good for this, the people of his city. He's not actually doing anything an emperor usually does. Yeah, he's, just, he's having a good time. Do they still sell trinkets and stuff like that in San Francisco? Oh, I'm sure. Because if I, I'm going to go to San Francisco someday just because well, I want to. I'm trying to visit more of the country. But now I'm going to look for one. I'm going to be like, I want this for the same reason probably most people buy this Sandman. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like he issued currency. Um, they On the, <laughs> the 1870 U.S. Census, lists Joshua Norton is 50 years old, residing at 624 Commercial Street, and his occupation in the U.S. Census, is listed as Emperor. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's that's just great. And, like, they say in the story that, you know, oh, restaurants accept his, you know, currency as legal payment. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it reminds me, and it's, it's sort of taken on a new form after the last, uh, you know, the, the past decade. But it reminds me, one of my favorite authors um, has a great uh, scene in the, uh, it's called uh, The Book of the New Sun. And there's a character who is talking about um, the emperor of their earth. And he's just like, he's just some guy who thinks he's the emperor. And through force of will, he's gotten everyone else to believe he's the emperor. And, you know, that's just sort of a magic trick that everyone uh, comes to accept it. And again, it, it has a different context today because I'm like, man, that did happen like seven years ago. Somehow through force of will, people are like, yeah, this guy knows best. Yeah, why uh, not? But, that's cool. But yeah, it's just like, yeah, that's he, through his sort of sheer force of personality and the strength of his dream of being this guy that everyone's like, yeah, why not? Like, you know, they, they just uh, treat him like it because he acts like it, you know? You know, it's funny that you mentioned Book of the New Sun because the introduction to this volume was written by Gene Wolfe. Wow. That's, uh, I mean, it makes sense because uh, that's, uh, Neil Gaiman got me into Gene Wolfe, so <laughs> it's his fault. All right, and yes, they, Gene Wolf. they still sell stuff, it looks like, from what I'm able to tell. Oh, fantastic. So, so yeah, if oh, I ever yeah, go to San Francisco, on, yeah. I'm looking for it. Yeah, it's, I, it's not surprising. That was for, you know probably the first 50 years of San Francisco, the best non-racism export of, of this. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of the, a lot of the Pacific uh, Northwest. And I know uh, North San Francisco is not quite the Northwest, but they still had a, a big Chinatown population. And so they, their big export was a lot of barely above slave labor for about 50 years. Yeah. I can believe that. Unfortunately. And well, I was going to say opium too, but that's also possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. So that's I, I hope that made you like the story even more. It, it did. It, it, on... it, it completely like lifted the story. Now I can't wait if we ever get. I don't think we will get lucky enough to get this story in a live action thing. 
Sandman show? We won't, I, but I would love it if they because it's just, you know, again, I've complained not to derail the Sandman you know, episode, <laughs> but I've complained so much about like what I hated most about the Marvel Netflix shows is that they would set up season long arcs and then they were structured like streaming shows. So nothing happened for like seven episodes or six episodes. <laughs> and it's just like you are comics like you could. You can be like an X-Files Freak of the Week show and then have the last two minutes be like, what's the kingpin up to? Like, there's no reason you couldn't have Daredevil fight the stilt man for like <laughs> 20 minutes. <laughs> it doesn't have to be that serious. But yeah, I, I would love it if any of the uh, issues from this series got turned into. Uh, and I feel like really or- Orpheus is the only one that has a chance to, but the rest yeah. would be awesome. I mean, this could work. I mean, you could easily do like a 20, 30 minute thing about the Emperor of this easily. Like and you, you did with Sandman with a couple episodes from Dream Country and they just fit it in. Like you could easily do that. Yeah, you could get like Stephen Tobolowski or just some character actor to be the Emperor Norton. In the uh, audio version of Sandman, uh, Emperor Norton was actually played by John Lithgow. Oh, that would be good. I can see yeah. That's He's a good actor, too. So. Oh, I love him so much. Man. Okay. And this is just, it's a charming story. <laughs> it is. Which is it was grand. I just can't get over how much more you guys maybe appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and the next one is Thermidor, which is, <laughs> was not my favorite at first. What, is, what issue is, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's harder it's to figure. 29. Uh, so this is actually before all the other issues, uh, weirdly. And it's just sort of, yeah, this is kind of the sequel to the um, Hob. The one with the guy that never dies. Yeah, the Hob issue with the guy that just stays alive. Where that, uh, was it Joanna Constantine? Yeah. uh, Is back. Yep. So, yeah. This was, so this one was really strange. Like I had to read this one. I read it once and I was fucking confused all hell. Because, again, these, all these stories jump through different points in time. That one's the 1800s. Uh, this one is seven starts out in 1794. Like, and you just have Morpheus coming to visit Johanna, who we who's a constant we met in the other, like he just said other issue, and she's given a quest, and like all of a sudden, within a couple pages, she has a head, a random head that looks like Morpheus's head. I thought it was Morpheus's head. It wasn't until later on I realized it wasn't Morpheus's head. It was Orpheus's. Head. Orpheus, of course. Mm-hmm. I was com- this 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 issue made absolutely no sense to me until after I read the whole trade and went back and read it a second time. Then I appreciated it. That's it's, fair. It's yeah. too early. Yeah, I do. You know, I I enjoy this issue. I think it's a lot of fun. But I do miss you know like uh in when I think it was in the late '90s, Marvel started having like fold out covers where they would be like it would give you like a one paragraph about every character that is an important character in the comic. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, that would be very helpful to be like, who is Robespierre in case you don't know French history at all? You I know, did just not. like, who is, you know, uh, this history? Cause obviously they're historical. Joanna Constantine, not real. I'm sorry to break it. To you. <laughs> what? Oh, you say that. That <laughs> we've proven yet. <laughs> but, but Robespierre real. Yeah. Very real. Very both. He and uh, Louis Antoine de Saint Just were both huge players in the French Revolution. They called like, it the Terror. I don't see why. It seems so uh, relaxed. Yeah, it's a good time. Just everybody's <laughs> hanging out. It made me want to play Assassin's Creed Unity. <laughs> yeah, I, it really did. I was like, I never did play Unity because Unity's actually where I stopped. Yeah, and I was I didn't like, play hmm. that one. Is that that's set in revolutionary France? Maybe <laughs> yeah. I should play yep. that one. 
<laughs> it, it works now, so now you should. Because when it came out, it was a buggy mess. But it's been years oh, now. It's fine. So. It yeah, really was. I remember playing three, and that was the first one of those games that I played. Where I was like, hmm, I don't like this one. Three is one of my least favorites. <laughs> Same though. It's you spend what like three hours like in the woods, like not even in a town. Like it's yeah. don't 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 play three first. Go play two. <laughs> two still holds up. I can tell you that for sure. So go play two. And then you can, I mean, one, I think is still good too, but that's it. But yeah. <laughs> it was just a weird story. Like there's early on, you see her when she gets stopped by some random guard, she spits on the guy, spits on the face of the head she's carrying. And I was just really, really confused for a while. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, so, what am I reading? I mean, just so I remember. So Dream gave her the mission, right? So you thought yes. Dream cut off his own head and gave it to her? That's what I thought. Okay. That's what I was under. I mean, it's not, but that's what I was under the impression. I'm like, why does she have Dream's head? But it's, well, uh, but I, the lettering helps too, because once she, he comes alive, he doesn't talk like Dream. He, he talks like a guy. Yeah, he click, doesn't talk way. in the black dialogue bubbles. Yeah. That did not click, by the way. For <laughs> no, I was just completely confused with everything that was going on in this book. <laughs> I mean, all of a sudden she's captured by the French and they're beating her and threatening to kill her. And I'm like, what the f-? I'm like, and she's like, oh, and this guy's like, oh, I slept with you and I shouldn't have slept with you. I'm like, the hell is going on? <laughs> I was just very confused. I didn't like it. I mean, it's always good to see Thomas Paine show up too. I, I knew that was a real guy. Yeah, but I, yeah. Good old common sense Thomas Paine. I'm assuming he died also uh, horribly. Oh, he died, but like he was one of the yeah, founding he, father type folks in America. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the American like him and Ben Franklin were like the two main journalists founding fathers. So, I yeah, he, he went to, I mean, both of them went to France, but uh, Ben Franklin mostly went to France for uh, sex. He went to France to try to start a revolution and then was very unhappy with what happened. Yeah. He got beheaded, didn't he? I'm assuming. <laughs> I don't know if he got beheaded or if he just got kicked out. I mean, kicked out is better than having your head cut off. So, well, no, you know. no, he died in the U.S. Oh, OK. That's so he better. Was, yeah, he, he yeah. was asked to leave France, but again, was not happy with what happened there. Uh, and oh, the same, French, right? He didn't want the revolution. Yeah. Well, he wanted a revolution. It's just he didn't want, uh, what, a decade of anarchy, basically, leading yeah. to a, a emperor taking over. No, basically, weird. he said, all right, guys, have a revolution. Wait, no, not like this. Yeah. <laughs> Which he's just like, well, we did it in America and we didn't have to, like, murder people for a decade. And they're like, yeah, well, <laughs> this yeah, is well, France. It sucks for you. And this is France. <laughs> a, a lot more people we hate. <laughs> Yeah, and that's why France still doesn't take any shit. We'll see what you did. We did there, you know, hundreds of years yeah. ago. We'll do it again. And that's why, I mean, Les Mis it happens every time, you, you know, you try to like, should the Olympics go to Paris? And like, no, the streets are on fire. Like immediately the second you try to suggest it. <laughs> <laughs> like, they are not going to put up with it. Which, you know, good for them. We could use a good revolution in this country. Maybe not like this. Probably yeah, like probably this. not. Probably not like this one. Because, again, that, that led directly to Napoleon uh, taking power and, and you know, yeah. creating an empire. That didn't work out too great for him, though. No. No. <laughs> and no. here we just have to send people to Waterloo, Iowa. <laughs> oh, and there's there was a scene in this book that got me to in this issue where you see her look out the window of her, of her cell, essentially, and you just see two headless bodies dancing as puppets. Yep. And yeah. I, I feel like that's probably something that happened. 
Yes. Like, this wasn't him just making up something. Like, I bet that happened. Yeah, it definitely oh, yeah. did. This, I mean, like I said, they call it the terror. They don't call it that because it was cool. <laughs> uh, there's certain stuff like that where, like, when I read it or watch it, like, there was a documentary I was watching about uh, when the nuclear power plant in Japan, when it flooded and everything, there's a scene with a guy goes into a room and the room shuts and then water's coming. And I'm like, I'm not okay with this because I'm pretty sure this isn't fiction. <laughs> It was just like, no, because I mean, the show wasn't, I mean, it was, it was fiction, but it was also like a reenactment type thing. And when they had that scene, I'm, I turned it off and never went back. I'm like, nope, it just it bothered me too much because I'm like, that probably happened to some guy. And I will say this for everything. This, this particular issue is pretty historically accurate. Okay. Except for the head part. I don't know if that happened. Well, <laughs> you can't prove it didn't. So <laughs> uh, you don't know, but. It was just, it was one of, at the, when I first read it, it was like the least favorite of mine. Yeah. And eventually you do, you know, you get some creepiness happening. Yeah. And yeah, I, you don't know to trust uh, Joanna because she seemed bad whenever she showed up in um, the previous issue. Yeah. And she's not really bad in this. It's just sort of circumstances. Yeah. I also couldn't read her cursive when she has the parts that's like her writing a letter or her talking. I couldn't, I got a really hard time reading it, so I just skipped it. That is funny to me. Yeah. Like whenever I've gotten so much worse at it, like some comics uh, from the 80s and 90s will still have cursive handwriting. And you're like, please don't do this to me. <laughs> fucking hate cursive. Hate it. I used it's... to work at a, a print place and I would have people bring me I, every so often. I have people bring me and want to like translate stuff and type it up for them. I'm like, if it's in cursive, I'm like, you can rewrite it. I ain't doing it. Like, it ain't happening. <laughs> like, we ain't doing this. Fucking hate cursive. I can read yeah. it, but I hate it. Just print. It's, yep. it's, it's 2023. Right. Just print. Yeah. So, yeah. What's the next issue? The next issue is um, where are we at? Oh, uh, I do want to say how the issue ends where he brings he brings the head of his. Or, that's when I found out it was his son. I didn't realize Orpheus was his son until he, until they say something. But he brings the head, when she brings the head to Greece. And I'm like, oh, OK, and then it all made sense. Yeah. So Joanna gets out of France because Orpheus decides to start singing. And so do all the other decapitated heads. heads. Yeah. Oh, I did not catch that. All right. Yeah, it's a little creepy. But uh, that pretty much just kind of stunned the two French guys into just standing there. Yeah, I, I still whenever Orpheus shows up, I just hear like the, the riffs from the game Hades from a few years ago. Like, this, like the second it, it happens, I'm like, here we go, because <laughs> like that's that's my frame of reference. And so the episode we're going to or the issue we're going to talk about in a little bit. I was like, you're you, you're you. <laughs> like, I know who all of you are on in the game Hades. <laughs> that's funny that's cool though i haven't played 80s i have it but i haven't i haven't touched it yet oh it's, it's so good it's really fun like it's i know some people don't like roguelikes and so i get it uh, i would say if you start playing it now in 2023 just turn on god mode nobody cares oh, i, I would have anyway it's like it's fine the game is still a little difficult it's just it scales very easily if you have god mode on uh where eventually you, you will progress but it's it's really fun. And you learn so much about all of these uh, Greek characters, like relationships to each other, uh, which is, again, we'll talk about it in a little bit. So I don't want to jump past. <laughs> wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. There's a God mode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you get like extra level ups or something happens yeah. when you die three times yeah. or ten times. Yeah. Every time you die in God mode, you you started, I think, 25 uh, percent damage resist or something like that. And every yeah. time you die, it goes up a little bit. So by the by the end, you're at like 75% damage resist or something like that. And the good thing is, once you figure out the game, you don't really need it anymore. But it will show you like how to get past the first couple of worlds when you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, son of a bitch. I've been playing it wrong this whole time. Oh, well. 
Yeah, the first time I played it on God Mode, and then I, I got it for I think the Switch was the second console I bought it for. And I was like, <laughs> no, I know I know what I'm doing now. I don't need to do this. And once like once you know how, especially in the the third level, I feel like replaying it, I never get touched by anything until those stupid chariots in the third world. <laughs> oh fuck those chariots! I, I do want to play it. I just I've been playing one roguelike, Undermine, and that made me not like roguelikes again. So. Maybe I'll give Hades a try at some point, though. I it, definitely it, need to. It's really fun. And like I said, you learn so much uh, about sort of who is who in Greek mythology and also just the relationship of the Catonic gods, which Dream is not really, but he kind of he's you know, the the endless are different than Greek gods, but they he sort of fits them in where you, know, you have these different sort of death gods um, that are like different than the regular Greek gods. And so they're like, Oh yeah, there's these other guys we don't really know. They're like mystery guys, and so they they show up in the game. You know, you've got like chaos and these other characters that Zeus is like. I don't know who that is, but they sound okay. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm definitely got you got me more interested than I was. So I'll have to at some point. I'm going to play it. I know that, but that brings us to the next issue. Chaos, I guess, would be delirium. In- <laughs> oh, oh yeah, probably <laughs> is the hunt. This one, I read this one twice too. I don't know. I I like it, especially more the second time I read it. This is the werewolf one, right? Yeah. Yes. Which did not click to the second time I read it. <laughs> this one's just fun. Yeah. Like, it, it's a fairy tale. And it's all worth it for that last paragraph in the story. I mean, it's just an old guy telling his granddaughter about... Uh, you know, a story from the old country and like as he continues on i'm like all right and then he makes a comment pretty early, like early on where he's like oh the character's name vaseline she's like that's your shut up <laughs> essentially yeah it is just a fairy tale like i was surprised though like where it went and like there were a couple things that didn't click right away and like they do a good job of having the panels of the story and then all of a sudden jumping over to you know present day of the old man talking to his granddaughter and his granddaughter's just like yeah okay whatever granddad let's put you in the home Hey, I'm okay with that. Call me. But <laughs> I had to. But it, it didn't click. Like I didn't realize he was a werewolf until the second time reading this. That did not click. Like the first time I noticed it when I was reading this was, you know, way back in the day. But it was there's a scene where Vasily stops at an inn. I like this one. And the innkeeper creeps in to kill him and steal his goods. And then you see his fingers go to snuff out the candle. But on his left hand, you can see claws. I have to pull the book up now. And I. Oh, I did not catch that, Ken. Thank you, sir. We do good radio here, folks. (laughs) (laughs) To all all you listeners out there, please turn to page. I don't know what page this is. Of your trade. (laughs) While you're driving. Uh, But. So, no, that is cool. I did not catch it. I, I figured that he killed him and ate him because he talked about how he didn't like the food. And then the next when the next panel, he says he set off due west from the from the sunrise. Well, well rested and well fed. So I'm like, yeah, he ate the fucker. He ate that fat guy. <laughs> I mean, the guy had it like it's just funny because he's like, oh, he didn't sleep on the bed. He slept on the floor. And then the guy opens up a panel behind the head of the bed and tries an action to the bed to kill him. I mean, that fits, though. Whatever yeah. year this is supposed to be, that fits. I feel like probably, you know, people did that. And then right like after he kills the man, he meets a very tall person. <sighs> I now, did. I did recognize him. I was going to say, did you clock that? That was Lucian right away. Yeah, that did click right away. <laughs> Good. See, you're getting there. <laughs> Just the werewolf stuff didn't. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm surprised because when I'm looking back at this now, like they make it obvious that he's a werewolf. They make comments. Yeah. There's a panel when he's chasing the deer where his teeth are a little bit more fang than they should be. There's references to the moon. Like there's comments in here about it, about them being werewolves. Oh yeah. Did not fucking click. <laughs> and I do like the uh, appearance of Bobby Yaga in here. That's always a pleasurable thing. I, I hate to admit, or I don't hate to admit, but I'm going to admit that my first realization of the name Baba Yaga was from the Ant-Man movie. When he's like, Baba Yaga! Well, at least he didn't say John Wick. That's what other people would have said, too. Oh, I haven't watched enough John Wicks, probably, then. Only seen the first one. <laughs> she's also, there's also Baba Yaga in Rise of Tomb Raider. Good game, by the way. There's DLC with that. And that's that kind of places our story. It's more of like an Eastern European yeah. type story, kind of verging into the whole Russia thing, because Baba Yaga is uh, very much a Russian Eastern European folktale. But no, I did. I did. You are right. It's very much a, a, a Eastern tale. And I like that. I, I, I enjoyed it. Like it was just very interesting. I was very curious where his you know, where he was going to go. Like, I also didn't realize that heart that he has is based on a real thing too. the like Costco deathless or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. Or is it Ken's animal? <laughs> I thought it was my dog. No, it was Ken's. Oh, okay. Because my, my dog does it. Yeah, yeah no, the uh, the death of Koshe the Deathless is also a Russian fairy tale. So, again, that really kind of lo- landlocks it exactly what we're talking about here. It was just very cool like, when he finally does Like, the whole thing is him trying to get to this castle because he got a pendant from this peddler that got murdered. Did, did he murder the peddler? Or did someone else? Like, I didn't understand that part. I think somebody else murdered the Romani woman that was in the forest. Okay. Because she realized he's a werewolf, and that's why she runs away. Yeah. Because he helps her, he gives her a rabbit, and then she gets terrified. Yeah. I did like the sign of the evil eye that she cast. That was like, I was like, okay, cool. That is, that is appropriate. (laughs) Like, you know, and that's what sets him on his whole journey to find this woman in in the pendant, and then he gets locked in a freaking dungeon. That was kind of cool. Like, he goes to the servant guy's like, oh, yeah, sure, just keep following me right this way. I'll put you in the waiting room, we'll go wake her, and he just locks him in a cell. But then, of course, Lucian comes back because third time always does the charm and brings him to Dream's realm. And then Dream talks to Vasily and in exchange for the book, which is one of those books that was never actually written, but was in the library. Well, yeah, because like, doesn't he have books that weren't that were like I that were dreams, essentially? Yeah, uh-huh. like. Books that are essentially not ever written, but right. were dreamed. And this one, The Redemption of Dr. Faustus, never actually happened. That's so cool. And you go first. Uh, this is like the most uh, witchery I think the Sandman ever gets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like how when he wakes the woman up, she's just like, oh, hi. <laughs> like, what are you doing in my room? Like, okay. <laughs> like everything about it. You're like, yeah, this is clearly from the same country that made The Witcher. <laughs> Same area, yeah. Yeah. I've not played The Witcher or any of that stuff or read any of those books, unfortunately, yet. They're fun, but they are, they, they have this tone of like fairy tales where, you know, uh, there's a lot of just casual uh, monsters. I'm okay with that. Casual monsters, not quite a happy ending. Yeah. It's very uh, Grimm's Brothers, also. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's nice. And, you know, the ending where, you know, Vasily has his chance to just gives back the pendant, doesn't want to, like, you know, end up with her. And just when Lucian asked Vasily about the Duke's daughter, he shook his head and said nothing. But the Lord of Dreams knew that wishes are sometimes best left ungranted. That's a good line. That is. 
I really like that line. Same as the song Garth Brooks on Answer Prayers. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> Came out first. Now I'm curious. <laughs> but in that scene when he's eating dinner after, with Sandman, I like how you in, in the background you can see the cloak, the helmet, the ruby, the powder, mm-hmm. like all the, the whole outfit from the first arc. Mm-hmm. Just in the back panel. I mean, they don't reference it. It's just it's just there. And I'm like, nice job. Yeah. And because of the time frame, you know that this was before, but not too much before everything got taken by John D. Yeah. God, I'm it's, when I finish this whole thing, I'm going to reread the first volume for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to reread because it'll make a lot more sense. Definitely. Although there's still a bunch of DC references you still won't get. You yeah. won't get Dr. Destiny as like, oh, yeah, the, the comics character we all remember. Yeah. I know of him now. <laughs> that's it. Or the classic Sandman. I know of it. Right. Exactly. The Jack Kirby Sandman. Uh-huh. But yeah, I won't be I won't be tracking down those to read ever. No, thank you. And the whole yeah. idea that like, the end of this is where he was. He tur- yeah, Shelton turned into a wolf. I didn't understand it right away until like they start to kind of explain it. Like, OK, yeah, he's a werewolf and he turned into a wolf and he you know, made it with the other wolf. And then when, when he's talking to his granddaughter, he makes point, makes a comment about, you know, something about his grandmother, about that, you know, that being, his, you know, the grandmother. Yeah. I, I wish you could have known your grandmother. She was an amazing woman. She knew the value of things and she never let me forget that she had beaten me to the deer. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> That's Thank just you. the entire story is worth that one panel. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was, I really, I was like, yeah, I read this twice. I really enjoyed it, especially the second time. This was a, this was a book where you really need to read it twice. And then that brings us to our next story. I second least favorite of this book, August. Oh, yeah, this, yeah. this is bleak, man. I didn't understand what was going on. I only read it once because I ran out of time. But I don't <laughs> like this isn't Julius Caesar because he talks. I mean, this is like well, uh, this Sonner. is yeah Caesar Augustus. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, the he one found, Yeah, Rome a city of brick and he turned into a city of marble. That guy. Yeah. He's real, believe it or not. Oh, I, yeah, did, I, I believe that. But I didn't <laughs> know. Like, I knew of him, but not really. I was kind of confused. Yeah, he's the reason for which we have the month August. Yeah, he's yeah, he's kind of the most famous, or at least the most successful. Uh, Caesar sort of, uh, you know, uh, takes the power away from the um, Republic and then um, or the Senate. And then um, after there's like a three-way war, uh Augustus Caesar is is king for what, like 60 years, 50 years, a long time. Yeah, like he was, wow, 27 B.C. to A.D. 14. I said 40 years. That's that's a good chunk. Damn, that's a while. And this time to be, you know, in power that long and not get murdered. Yeah. So he, he was he was pretty young whenever he took over. But yeah, he's he's like the, the guy uh, that after. I mean, everybody knows Julius Caesar because they made a play about him. Yeah. Julius Caesar got assassinated brutally. He only made <laughs> yeah. it five years. <laughs> yeah, so he was only king for a little bit, and then uh, Caesar Augustus is king for a long time. And this book is not very flattering to Julius Caesar. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, I just not. didn't like understand. Oh, like you, you have the whole the whole idea of the story is that Augustus and then this this dwarf that they say in here that they just they go out as beggars. Yeah, and they go out into the streets and disguise themselves. Make himself really ugly with soap yeah. and wine or vinegar or whatever the hell it is. Very strange. Right, which is, <laughs> it's, I mean, that's a common uh, story. I, I That's from, I forget what, 
I think a Roman writer, I don't know if it's true, but a Roman writer said that Augustus used to do that. And it's also, so we did, uh, what, three Septembers and a January, and now we're doing August. So we're doing more months. Yeah. And Thermidor is essentially July. Yes. So, so yeah, like, this is, it's very monthly. Yeah, that's the connective tissue theme is we're, we're, we've done several months, now we're doing uh, the month named after this guy. And, oh gosh, I'm trying to, uh, doing some looking here, trying to figure out who said that Caesar Augustus went out, but uh, I don't know, I can't tell. But that's a pretty common thing in, you know, Greek stories. Ulysses did it too, and that's, you know, that's a big one. Well, his dog recognized him, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you smell like man, you smell like master. That makes sense. Even though that dog, he'd been gone for, what, 10, 15 years? The dog immediately was like, nope, I know him. <laughs> nah, I know that ball smell anywhere. That's Pops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the dog died because it was like 20-some years old. <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah, this was a bleak story. So yeah, it's about uh, Caesar Augustus um, explaining that, I guess, what dream came to him. And it's it's sort of a parallel to uh, the, the deal with Norton, right? Where he's just like, do you want to have everything be named after you for like a thousand years and have this sort of uh, permanent rule? Or do you want this to sort of fall apart as soon as you're dead? <laughs> yep. And he sure did that well. Yeah. And he's just like, well, I hate this. So... <laughs> And this is, it's a story about why he hated it. <laughs> and that's absolutely fair. Oof. It's, I just like, there's a one panel where you see them talking and you see a guy walk over and just keep going panel, panel. And you see the guy just piss on the side and then walk away. <laughs> that made me laugh. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's an interesting story. I do think it's probably my least favorite of this arc. Um, cause it is so bleak and I don't know. I mean, it's just... You know, he's kind of trying to make this point and is, again, very uh, like Julius Caesar is this this guy to make this point. And I don't know. Again, I'm not trying to, like, excuse uh, like terrible things or anything, but I know in Greek culture is like, you know, they didn't have our conception of homosexuality. It was sort of like, well, you know, like everybody's a little gay, you know, for a little while, but then you get married. That was just like a normal thing that Greek men did, I guess. Uh, and so I don't know. I'm not a, a uh, ethnologist or, or a sociologist or uh, anthropologist, so I don't know. But I do think that it's a little bit judgy that they're like Caesar is the bad guy here. Like this is this was a terrible thing he did, and it like scarred uh, you know Augustus and made him this way. Yeah, like. Uh. I don't know. I just, I didn't need that at the end of the story. Yeah. And like, I don't know. <laughs> like, it's strange. Uh, it's, unnecessary. It's unnecessary, I think. I just didn't care for the story. I just didn't need to read it again. I was like, I'm good. This is just, I didn't just didn't understand it or didn't get it or care. Yeah. Like, I understand what they were going for. And again, you know, adding to the central story of the power of dreams but yeah i don't i don't need an old man thinking about being buggered by his great uncle and then crying in the night when he's older yeah i don't i don't need that it's kind of a bummer 
Yeah, it's uh, it's not fun. And it's like I said, I also just feel like it is unnecessarily just like shocking. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I just didn't like it. No, it's yeah. Just- yeah, and Morpheus didn't even feel necessary in it either. Wasn't the same. Yeah. Yeah, Morpheus is again, it's similar to his role in Emperor Norton, but it feels like he's just there to like, oh yeah, we gotta have these guys in here. Yeah, I just meh, meh. by the way, it was uh Suetonius who wrote the biography of Augustus Caesar who said all this stuff. There you go. Yep. Okay. All right, and that brings us to another another issue, soft places. Yay. I only read this one once because I ran out of time and I just didn't care to read it twice. Fair enough. This one, I didn't care for this one either much. <laughs> I didn't really understand what was happening. It's fun. It's I, it's not my favorite, but I think it's it's interesting. So the idea it's Marco Polo lost in the desert, and I can't understand if he was actually dreaming in Lost in the Desert or really lost in the desert. Well, that's the point. He's okay. <laughs> he's you know, you see the mirage and the mirage is the like, are, is this a dream or is this real? You know, like that's kind of what's happening is he's kind of at the edge of the known understanding and he's able to cross into the dream world. Yeah, because it's a soft place. Hence the title. <laughs> I mean, there were a couple like I like the fact that Fiddler Green shows up. I enjoyed that. Oh, that's always a joy. He's so pleasant. I mean, yeah. and again, this is taking place when it's supposed to be when Sandman's missing. It's is it just before? Because it's Marco Polo, which it doesn't just say. Yeah, it says uh, twelve seventy eight. So way before he goes missing. Yeah. And yeah, Marco Polo. Also, there's a really good Netflix show about Marco Polo. Also, by the way, called Polo. I recommend it. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I doubt it's accurate, but it was good. I haven't seen it, but I know what my complaint is going to be. Not enough done in one Monster of the Weeks. Definitely not that. <laughs> it was back when Netflix used to make shows. <laughs> and make and let them go for more than one season. No, oh, I remember seasons. I, there's a writer's strike now. They don't have anything because Netflix doesn't pay anyone. <laughs> they had mm-hmm. Orange is the New Black for, what, like eight seasons, and they were paying their, like, third, fourth stars, like, uh, the minimum rate. But if you if you don't do that, then how is your CEO going to be one of the most most paid producers in the world? Come on now. You're right. Yeah, you can't make thirty million dollars a year if you're paying someone. <laughs> I don't know, a few hundred thousand dollars. You can't. All right. You don't get rich <laughs> by giving money away. No. And, and by giving away, you mean paying for the work yes. they did. Potato, potato. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, uh, and this is an interesting one. I do like that Fiddler's Green doesn't like the Marco Polo's doing this, that he's like, you're going to like, basically, he's mad that he's filling in the map too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, OK, I didn't catch that, but that makes sense. And that kind of goes back to the quote at the beginning of the book. Like, there's such a rush to, you know, put explanation and names to things that you just nobody loses themselves in wonder anymore. And that's, you know, true of life. Tr- definitely true in this story. Yeah, I mean, I I love again not to get derailed for too long, but I love like looking at old maps. And after like around like sixteen fifty seventeen hundred, we basically know what the shape of every coast looks like, but we don't know kind of what the inside of every country looks like. And it's just interesting that you're just like that's you know that's a soft place as far as we're like okay, well we know what the coast is because some guy sailed a ship around. And like detailed wrote down, like, this is what this looks like. This is where this island is. But we don't know, like, what Central Africa looks like. We don't know what Australia looks like because we've never been there. It seems really hard to go. Easier to sail than it is to stop and walk around. Right. Like, you know, there's a great book um, that came out a couple, I think it was about a year ago, 
what was that called? It's about uh, these uh, 19th century guys who are looking for the origin of the Nile River. And it's really interesting um, because that was a, uh, you know, something that people had been in River of the Gods is what it's called. And, you know, people had been like, like, we know the Nile has to have an origin. Like it's the biggest river on earth. It's this huge deal. Uh, but it gets really hard to like track it up as it goes up through Africa. And nobody's no white person anyway had ever done <laughs> it. And so, you know, they were like they wanted this this completely insane man who had disguised himself as a Muslim to go to Mecca was like, I'll do it. Uh, and then he got this other he's the Christian Bale. They made a movie of it. And then this younger, like Ryan Gosling type is like, I'll go too. And even even though everything I do, it turns into a mess. And so, you know, these these two men like lead this expedition. And so it, it it's really interesting because it's like, yeah, the map's not complete. And that's kind of what the point of this story, um, I feel like. Uh, so I understand it's not it's not my favorite either, but I think it's it's pretty cool. That makes sense. You 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 expl- I think you explained it really good. You made me appreciate it more. I don't like it, but I appreciate it more. <laughs> but I don't have to like it. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm always glad when I can you know understand what they're going for with something. And then the big the big reveal toward the end is that both you know Marco Polo and Rusticello, who is hanging out with them, they've been dead for hundreds of years. And Fiddler's Green's the one that has to tell them. <laughs> like, they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. You're all, you know, you froze the world in a rigid pattern, and now you're dead. So so maybe it was, I mean, I don't know, because uh, maybe it was after Dream got out of his... Because uh... he makes a comment how he's weak. Yeah. What year is Marco Polo? On 1254, yeah, that doesn't fit that. with... <laughs> No, yeah, he would captured. have been. Yeah, he would have had to have been dead for like seven hundred years or whatever. Well, yeah. I guess because he's in the soft place, that time doesn't matter. Well, I think he kind of fell in here. Um, Morpheus or no, Marco Polo? Marco Polo. Okay, like I think he just kind of fell out of the dreaming because Fiddler Fiddler's Green at this point is, I think, in the real world. Yeah, but yeah, this is just after Dream gets out. It just doesn't make sense with timing, but I guess he could be going through time. Well, see, that's the thing. Time doesn't matter. What is yeah. what does time matter to a dream? Good, good point. Or to a dead guy, for that matter. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Also a good point. And it does end with uh, Marco Polo waking up in the sand and goes along with the caravan. So he's back to his real world. Is it real? Is it a dream for the dying? We don't know. And at that point, it doesn't matter to Polo. He's just happy to be back with his father in the caravan. I mean, being lost in the desert sounds like a terrible, terrible fate. Yeah, probably yeah. wouldn't be great. Yeah, you got to eat uh, a bunch of like melons to keep your temperature regulated. And then you got to like change your outfit. It's it's a whole thing. Tears of the Kingdom or Breath of the Wild. <laughs> you got to eat cold food and surf on a shield. Yes, you do have to do that. Uh, then that brings us to the, the biggest story out of this set. The Song of Orpheus, which isn't even part of the main series, is a Sandman special. And yet... Don't know what that means exactly. (laughs) It kind of is part of the main series. Was it like an annual or something then? Well, like, things happen here (laughs) that you will see again. Well, no, he just means it wasn't, like, it's it's a special issue. It wasn't a numbered issue of the Sandman. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, normally, I, I feel like I don't buy Bonner comics, so I can't really say a whole lot. But I feel like they normally... Like, num- they do things a little differently when they have, like, you know, they'll just 
like a number to it or something. I can't even Google it. I typed in Sandman special and I got something about not what I was looking for. So that also came out in 2017. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <sighs> this is a this is a big book. Yeah. Yeah. This is I mean, this is almost like a trade unto itself. Like this is a long one. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why we're not doing like we normally do. <laughs> I'm this like, this is, will take a while. This is classic Greek literature right here. This, I feel it should be sooner because after reading, which is the story called Orpheus. After reading this story, then it makes the stuff with Johanna actually make sense. Yeah, it makes you want to go back and read a little bit more and see what you might have missed. <laughs> which I did. <laughs> I think it's placed perfectly. I mean, it's just really interesting. Like the whole idea is that Morpheus has his son, which they didn't mention in the main series at some point. Before this, they mentioned in the other issue about his son when they're carrying the head in France. And, like, you see his son getting married. And you see almost all... So, I have a question for you guys. There's somebody... They say somebody's missing from the family. Who... I don't know who's missing. Like, because there's a a family member here I don't even recognize, the big guy. Oh, I think this is the first time you see Destruction. Yes, this is is Destruction. I did not recognize him. I knew everybody else. And they mentioned some other sibling. Who are we missing? We got dream, death, despair, desire, delirium, destruction. One, two, three. Destiny. Yeah, destiny. That's all seven. Oh, okay. I thought they mentioned somebody's missing. Maybe I'm wrong. In a previous story, I think it was in the Norton story, they were talking about how their brother left. Yeah, destruction is missing. Yeah, destruction's been missing for a okay, while. Okay, so that's They've maybe that's what wasn't on combining before. stories. Yeah. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure this is the first destruction appearance. This has to be. This is the first the first time I. I also got to say, for some reason, when they draw desire in here, it looks just like David Bowie in that panel. Yup. I mean, that's yeah, that's kind of how. <laughs> I, yeah, that it kind of is. I it's, mean, it's either David Bowie or it's the um, the character from God. Is it Depeche Mode had an album cover where there's a character that looks just like that? It's it's somebody. It's the eighties, nineties, you know, band like that. There's there's it's just and like I know uh, Pearl Jam. I guess that's Do the Evolution had a character that looked like that too, but that's Death. But yeah, it's it's very much like that type of character. Like am. What's the word I'm looking for? Androgynous. Androgynous. That's the one. Yeah. Androgyny was was big in the 80s. (laughs) This whole thing was just cool. It's cool to see all the family members together because you don't ever see this before in the series. Yeah. Because you never see destruction before. Like this whole idea that, you know, his son is getting married and you have like this random sitar. I think it's a a sitar that just keeps you see throughout panels and panels talking with him about, hey, will there be wine? There'll be wine, right? And I'm like, all right. And then (laughs) that took a turn. I didn't expect. All I can think of is Danny DeVito from Hercules. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (sighs) It makes the turn make more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I, I like, I mean. It's interesting how they do it. Like the whole idea is that he gets the the satyr gets so drunk, follows after Orpheus's wife because he wants to rape her, essentially. And then her running away from him, she gets bit by a snake and dies. And he, you know, doesn't admit what he did. And then I mean, they never even mentioned what he did. Like they never find out what he did. But just the way death is like, you can tell death knows it's coming before. It ha- well, obviously, yeah, she yeah. Comment. She's like, <laughs> they're like, you didn't wish us good luck, Destiny's like, well, I can't because I know all the things that are going to happen. And <laughs> he got the book chained to his arm. <laughs> yeah, like usual. Nobody fucks with the book. Oh, but it is. It was just like gut wrenching too to see her die, just get bit by a snake and die. And one of your family members, you know, takes her away essentially because, you know, she's deaf. 
Ugh. Fucking ooh. And then it doesn't even stick around for the funeral, which is, you know, about right. He's Does determined he leaves to get the funeral back. too, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, that's what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, like Orpheus doesn't even stick around. He's like, nope, I'm out. Peace. <laughs> and then when he goes to go visit Dream and you see that panel of the Pegasus, the Griff, the Griffin and the Dragon, I just could think of the cat. The cat one had that too. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, that's cool. Is this when he disowns him, essentially, or that later? Because I know Morpheus disowns his son. I feel like that's later. Yeah. Because he essentially tells his son to move on. Like, you know, you're a human. You're mortal. Like, there'll be other women. Just move on. Like, this is what happens. You die. Yeah. Yeah. And this is where Orpheus is like, well, fine. Then if you're not going to help me, I am no longer your son. Okay. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then this is. Very much doing the. the Dennis Haysbert character from Major League. You know, help me, Jobu. I say, fuck you. I do it myself. <laughs> and this is then, okay, then you talk to Destruction, Destruction then takes him to Death's house. I really, really like the scene of Death's house. Oh my God. <laughs> Destruction. Okay. If there's any doubt that Brian Blessed was not the model for Destruction, <laughs> check yourself because, yeah. like, I can. I can hear his voice whenever destruction talks. Yeah. Specifically from Blackadder season <laughs> one. Or, or Flash Gordon. Yeah, but like this was the kind of character he was playing in Blackadder. <laughs> Just very, you know, screaming and death and murder. And, but fun. It's just, I'm assuming you guys caught it too, but when he goes to Death's house, like it's, it's a place out of time. She has light bulbs that shouldn't exist. You know, like nothing is, oh, it's so fucking cool. Yeah. She has like goldfish. Yeah. It's it's a a very, uh, yeah. She seems to be living in the 1980s. I love how he picks up a stocking. He's like, what the hell? She got fish in the stockings. I'm like, (laughs) just laying her out. And he's like, I would have cleaned up had I known there was company. This place is so strange to my eyes. And then she makes it cooler. Yeah. God, she is so badass in this. And then, like, I love how she changes her her outfit and everything to fit how he knows her as, because you know she's in a different time as she travels through time. Essentially, I mean, time has no meaning. Have either of you heard of uh, the Forbidden City, the uh, PC game? I think it's for Xbox as well. That came out a couple of years ago. Uh, I don't know why that sounds so familiar. It's it's a very interesting concept. Like the idea is you are you go back to like a Roman city and you're like first as an explorer and then you like the forgotten up. city. Yeah, the forgotten city. For- oh, that's the one that started off as a Skyrim mod, right? Yes, it was a Skyrim mod originally. But yeah, it, that it, this reminds me of that a little bit, especially. Yeah, death uh, just being like so casual because <laughs> in that game, not to spoil that game too much. But yeah, there's a major part where a death god acts like a normal person and you're like, oh, OK, how's it going? And then later they're like, oh, people people don't trust me because uh, my name's gotten kind of a bad reputation. And you think it's for one reason. I don't want to spoil it. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, that's fine. You got me to wish list it. I don't know if I'll play it ever, but I might buy it if it gets cheap enough. It's a, yeah, I'm sure it'll be like $5 or less at some point because I think it's on Xbox Game Pass. That's how I played it. It is. Got to be Steam Deck for me. So, but if it's short and sweet, I'm in. Yeah, that's how I play half my Xbox uh, Game Deck or Game Pass games is on the Steam Deck. So you <laughs> just have your Xbox hooked up to it and you can just play games uh, directly to it. It's awesome. And you actually use less battery that way somehow because it's cloud save or it's cloud based. Anyway, okay. yeah. So he, uh, more. And then Death. Does something like where she this is where she tells him like she essentially says she'll never pick him up so he never dies. 
because he wants to go to hell to go rescue his wife. Yeah. This is... Well, no, this is not even hell. This is the underworld, because hell is where Lucifer is, which is not where he's going. Right. He's going to see Hades. It's it's Greek hell, so it's a little different. You know, that's... Yeah. he's This is... Everybody uses their Greek names. He's like, oh, you know, uh, Aunt Teleute. You know, that's death. <laughs> you know, that's everything. Everybody's using their Greek okay. name. So, yeah, when instead of going to hell, he's going to Hades. Okay. It's cool. Like, and you have the part where he, you know, little scene, he plays the the his instrument and Cerberus falls asleep and all I could think of was Fluffy from Harry Potter. <laughs> That's just what came to my head. I'm like, oh, no, yeah. no sign of uh, Zagreus, though. He doesn't. We see uh, Cerberus. <laughs> we see, uh, you know, uh, Hades and um, Persephone, but uh, no Zag. You see the people getting tortured from Greek mythology, too. Yep, oh, we, yeah, yeah, we see Sisyphus again, all, all in Hades. Damn it, you're making me want to play. You even see the Furies pop up. Yep. And okay, this did not click until later on when I was reading more and more about this book that they make a comment where he's like, you made the Furies cry. They'll never forgive you for that. Uh, yeah. It did not click what that meant. It clicks now. Did not click at this point. Yeah. And keep that in mind. Fury's bad. <laughs> Extremely. <laughs> Bookmark that for later. Okay. <laughs> but I, I, I like this where they say, okay, you want your wife back? Fine. Just, you know, we'll give your wife back, but you have to walk all the way back to, you know, the world, but you can, you cannot look back ever. And when you, until you're out and like they show him walking and walking and walking. And then right before he's out, he looks back and there she is because he didn't yep. trust him. Yeah. And gone forever. That's the myth. I did not know that. Yeah. Like this is a legit myth. This has been around for, you know, centuries. Okay, then this shows him old. This didn't click either where his mother, well, again, his, we had mentioned, but his mother is Calliope. Somebody help me. <laughs> Calliope. Calliope, which is, again, in that really good freaking one issue in volume three. Fuck, that's a, that's a good issue, but fuck, it's a mm-hmm. messy story. But so, like, you know, she's like, oh, I left him. Like, I left Dream. And she warns him to go that the Bacchus are coming. I didn't realize the Bacchus had to do with the, the Furies. That's what they are. Something to do with that, right? Well, they're just nuts. They're just women that are crazy. Yeah. I mean, the Bacante are basically just kind of giving themselves over to the joy of revelry. Okay. And the joy of murder, apparently, too, in this. So. Well, you know, it's, it's what happens if you enjoy things too much, you take things to an extreme. Eventually, you just keep trying to top that experience. And the next thing you know, you're eating the fuck out of a dude. It happens. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what they, yeah, they just, you just have, this is where I'm like, this is a fucking horror comic right here. You just have panels of him just getting murdered and eaten. So he's nothing but a head. Yep. And they toss it away into the river. Oh, it is just, because he he can't die. So he's just a head and he just, and Dream just leaves him in Greece and just leaves him there for other people to take care of him. It's a fucked up story. Man, that's kind of a bummer. Like... I don't know. This again, it's not a happy ending. No, not a lot of things are, though, to be fair in this in this series. You no. Know? And this, you know, Orpheus is very much. Oh, no, the consequences of my own actions. Uh. <laughs> uh, it, it, it hit me. I was like, this is this is good and strange all at the same time. It, it definitely had some moments for me. And that brings us to one of the uh, second to last story. Parliament of, of Rooks. I don't know how to feel about this one. I only read it once. It's fair. So, yeah, and so this one, this is one of the few that is like a direct. You know, this is going back to a story we already started. Yeah, like this has got 
you know, light a hall again. Yeah, we mentioned Jack Kirby Sandman. This is uh, the ghost of that character got Lida Hall pregnant. Oh, okay. And now we have Daniel. And Daniel's just off on an adventure. And we see Daniel freely enter the dreaming by himself, just hanging out. So wait, this character is from something else you guys were saying? Yeah. Yeah, we, the, was it volume two? I uh, think it was Doll's House, yeah. Doll's, yeah. So, yeah, this is the son of the Sandman and uh, his wife from Doll's House. I need to reread a lot more of this book. (laughs) I feel like what's going to happen is I'm going to end up finishing this whole series and go back and read it all. But this time, not for the show the second time. (laughs) But it is tempting. But, yeah. Yeah, keep in mind how easily Daniel just kind of walked into the dreaming. That may be important later. That makes sense if Daniel isn't exactly human then. Right, yeah, that his father is like a ghost. Mm-hmm. I need to reread Dollhouse. I don't really remember all this. Like, I remember bits and pieces of this. Is this the one where the husband died? Yes. And then, be- yes. okay, okay, it was in the Sandman show. That's why I remember it more. Yeah, and so Daniel is is his son who is half dream, basically, or half ghost or whatever he is. And so he can go to the dream world. And just kind of hang out. And he's going to chill with Matthew. I like that you see the gargoyle again, which, again, reference to the first arc. You have Cain and Abel, reference to the first arc. Oh, Cain and Abel just pop up at the best times. I love them. Mm-hmm. I believe them. They're so much fun. I don't like them, by the way. <laughs> it was an interesting I... story. Like, he's what the hell was the name of the of the woman he runs into in, in the dream? I forgot her name. It's annoying. Flipping pages. Eve. Eve? Oh, he runs into Eve. Mm. Okay. As in Adam and? Eve. Uh, yeah, like, no, that that is the Eve. Okay, that's like, cool. Adam's, like, non-banished wife. <laughs> <laughs> Does the banished wife ever come back mentioned? The a question I shouldn't be asking. The middle one? Yeah. I don't believe so. Okay, I was just curious, because they... So, I was wondering, when they when they talk about the whole paraluna rooks, where the rooks, these, like, crow-looking birds, will talk to you... Is that a real thing, I was wondering? Like, he was taking something that really happens, or they've seen, and then... I wouldn't be surprised. Birds are weird. Mm-hmm. I know. I mean, obviously, we all know because of George R. R. Martin, you call crows a murder. I don't know if you call rooks a parliament. Apparently, that is an accepted collective noun for rooks. Yep. So there you go. It's, it is like a murder for crows. Oh, you may yeah. sometimes see a most mysterious display of rook behavior, which is the rook parliament. This is where a group of rooks encircle an individual and after much calling and apparent discussion set upon the unfortunate victim and peck it to death. Or just all fly off. Yeah, that's... Uh, similar to a murder of crows, believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. So I learned something new. Man, he doesn't like to make up stuff, does he? <laughs> no. I, I, I assume the rooks wear like little powdered wigs or something before they murder. <laughs> I would hope right. they follow Robert's rules of order, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're a little fancier than crows. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, but it, it's a cool story to kind of like the whole idea of this Cain Abel talking and the whole thing about Eve and the bodies and how like the second wife, because he saw her being built. Essentially, he doesn't want anything to do with her. <laughs> like, well, I like, somebody go bone to human. Nope, I'm good. Get out of here. You don't want to know how the sausage is made. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Or the hot dogs. That you order yeah. place. You don't want. I don't, I'm like, I'm good. I don't even know what's inside there. It's just crazy. <laughs> cook it on the grill and not worry about it. Okay, I'm, you got me. Oh, there is one thing that really got me in this book: the the images of salmon and death in chibi form. Oh, <laughs> the this little until I endless. <laughs> Uh, this is fucking. You should look up some of Jill Thompson's work. Then this is not the last time she does work with the little endless characters. Chibi. 
Yeah, Jill Thompson's art is great. Yeah, they're adorable. I it was just one of those random ass things. I'm like, this is fucking cute. This and of course, cute. that's Abel's story. Oh yeah, and Abel doesn't stutter when he read or when he talk. You know, when he's telling the story, and then Kane murders him at the end. <laughs> well, that's he, he told the secret that he shouldn't have. Well, the rooks, right? Yeah. I really want the death Funko Pop now. <laughs> it's not cheap. But. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure there is one. Yeah, but I'm sure it's. I'm sure it was. It has been out of print for like seven years or whatever. Yeah, I'm looking on eBay and I don't even see it. <laughs> so, no. Oh, well, I found out one of the Funko Pops I have is worth a lot of money. Apparently, nice. Oh, that's cool. The Death Note one's light, which I have to the to the left of me. It's actually worth like two hundred bucks. So. Son cool. of a bitch! Wow. I didn't know there were Death Note pops. Damn it! I have a couple of them. <sighs> oh, only thirty oh. bucks. Buy it now. I'm not buying it now, but I'm going to have to look at it. <laughs> Fuck it, A. You guys are making me care way too much about these characters. <laughs> We're not. Neil Gaiman is. Yeah, but I'm only reading it. The only reason I even continued was because of so. <laughs> We're just pointing stuff out. Because when you recommended Dollhouse, like, God, three years ago or something. That's what did it. Three or four. It's been like three. Yeah, it's been a while. You it has me. been. I think Dollhouse was my first episode. One Maybe. of them, at least. One of the early ones. Yeah, might have, I don't remember if it was the first published one or yeah, that's not here. Okay. Might be. Yeah. Anyway, it's just a cool story. I mean, just the whole thing with like the rooks and Eve and Cain and Abel, and then the baby just goes back to reality. Yeah, this is just story time for Daniel, <laughs> and it's interesting how comfortable he is in the dreaming, and how he apparently at the end of the story brings a feather back from the dreaming. I like that. That might be important. Not Maybe bookmark that. <laughs> Another thing, put a note in it. Okay. But it's just, it's a fun little story to, like, go right into issue 50, Ramadan. I am not really a fan of this one. I love this one. Okay. I like this one a lot, too. Like, it, I, okay, so it's the story of Baghdad. And Baghdad was very advanced. It was the shining jewel in like everybody's eyes and you know another real historical character harun al-rashid was the uh, the caliph of baghdad again a real person that's cool like all of all of these stories have all had historical well maybe not the last one but <laughs> the three wives of what are you adam. saying are you telling me the bible lied to me <laughs> are you telling me that was fiction and adam and Eve? what do you mean well, the three wives of Adam were brought up in the alphabet of Sirach, which was a um, it was written before the Bible or like around the Bible ish. No, I don't know. Between 700 and 1000. Hey, just remember, Adam, you were around with the dinosaurs. <laughs> That's all you got to remember. Yep. Dinosaurs didn't come first. No. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so this one I thought was it was interesting. I just I don't know. I didn't really care for it. I probably should read it a second time. But it was cool that they mentioned everything with Allah. I mean, it's basically just a huge city and the ruler and his people would go out, disguise themselves and wander the town and look at all the wonders that this city had. But it was never enough for the caliph. He wanted more something still weighed on his shoulder and you know he just he wanted more for himself he wanted better hey he only had a couple harlems okay he didn't have you know a boys and women and and everything it wasn't enough he had 
And I quote, <laughs> poets, musicians, astrologers, enchanters from China and the Mongol lands with high fur hats and long sleeves full of secrets, ascetic Bedouin sorcerers who knew the secrets of angels and of the jinn and of men, animals that spoke like men, and marvelous mechanical wonders that counterfeited life. He had more than a couple harems. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, know. I, I just like there's one part where he's like, yeah, then we take a peasant from the day. We let him, you know, you know, have a day of his dreams and just shows him in the Harlem. Like, yeah, that, that's a day of the dreams. All right. Yeah, he's just he got to be the ruler for a day. <laughs> he got to sleep with many, many women and eat good food. Yeah. But do you mean, I was wondering, you think he only stole what he couldn't he only stole what he couldn't buy, couldn't afford. And that's everything. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, the. Yeah, I mean, that's. <laughs> The vizier's name in the story is Jafar, so... And Aladdin is very clearly set in the Dreams version of of Baghdad, (laughs) so it all works Mm -hmm. out. But, like, this is... It's the grand struggle of history. Just knowing that you can achieve so much, and in the end, it's going to mean nothing, because everything dies. All civilizations fall. And he wants to stop that. So much so that he will open a metaphorical Pandora's box to get it. That was kind of cool. He has this globe of all these demons and gin, and he's like, I'll throw it. If you don't, if you don't approach me, sad man or dream. So he throws it and rescued. I'd probably say about maybe six inches above the ground (laughs) by dream. Who just comes in like, and you called me like a servant. (laughs) So good. It yep. is, and just I also love the way Dream looks in this with that robe that he has on. Mm-hmm. That is so a pretty cool. dope robe. And he's like, "You shouldn't summon the people you can't send away." <laughs> I like that too. And they get on a flying carpet, which of course was real. <laughs> and they go on a journey, and they go look over all of the buildings and the treasures of the city, one of which seriously looks like the Legion of Doom hideout from the old Super Friends cartoon. You are unfortunately right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, straight up. I do like when they have the woman with a cattail that's on for sale, but they're trying to sell a slave. (laughs) I'm like, okay, cattail, all right, you got me. (laughs) Check it out, she's white. (laughs) Like, that's, that's pretty much a selling point. Yeah. Cat girl, whatever, but she's a white cat girl. Yeah, she's wow. got cat ears, she's got a tail. That, that should be the selling point right there. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, they don't know what anime is yet at this time in the, you know, <laughs> no. in Big Dead. They weren't introduced to all that yet. But it's just, it's, it's it was, I mean, I did like the ending. I, I feel like Dream kind of, you know, tricks him essentially. Like, or not tricks him, but kind of just takes advantage of his stupidity. Well, he, that, mm, I don't think so. I think he gives him exactly what he wants. Yeah. And sometimes, as we learned back in the, the the story about the hunt, wishes should not be granted. We could say sometimes God's greatest gifts are the unanswered prayers. Yeah. I got to work in Garth Brooks every so often. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I mean, he puts, because yeah, you have the scene where he, the, the guy ends up renouncing the city essentially. And then all of a sudden you see him in like a ruined city that he's the king of. Yeah. And Dream has the bottle of Candor he's holding. Sorry, big dead in a bottle. (laughs) And this is basically the fantastic, you know, perfect version of Baghdad that will forever live on in folklore and legend. And 
will never be what was once true. It's I do like how the the last panel is, you know, someone a kid in the war torn version of it, which again this would have been Desert Storm at this time in the eighties. Yeah, it is ironic that yeah, this is what nineteen ninety two or nineteen ninety one or whatever, and it's like this could be any time the last thirty five years. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Ugh. Yeah, it hit a little more. (laughs) (laughs) But the important thing is this kid still dreams. And even in an environment like that, it just goes to show the power of dreams. Like I said at the beginning, boom. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it reminds me um, it's, it's very different in a lot of ways. But have either of you ever read uh, Alan Moore's Promethea? I haven't read it yet. No, but it's on my bookshelf. No, yeah, it's it's um, basically the idea is that a uh, I think it's in like Egypt or something like that. It's it's somewhere in the Middle East. A the daughter of a magician is about to be killed. And they basically wish her into being a dream where and, and that is how later on in the 20th century, people are able to summon the power of this girl into becoming this magical character. So the idea is by becoming, you know, or, you know, Batman begins by becoming a symbol. You become more than a man, you know, like that, that Baghdad becomes more than just a place you can go. That it becomes an idea or a concept. And that's kind of. You know, the it is the catch 22 of when he comes back to, you know, his world, it makes his world worse. But the positive is it lasts for a thousand years, you know, it's cool. And that's, you know, it's proven because how many, you know, how many years later, those stories are still being told. Right. The the Disney Corporation is releasing Aladdin. Yeah. Several (laughs) versions. uh, Telling you that uh, Baghdad is cool. Except the one song that Robin Williams uh, is not allowed to sing in whatever new version they make <laughs> in the live action version. Live action's okay, but it's it's got nothing on the original. Did they cut that song, the the beginning song about where they'll cut off your nose if they don't like your face? I don't remember. It's barbaric, but hey, it's home. <laughs> I, I I feel like they got cut because I remember there was a controversy in the nineties. I mean, yeah. that kind of makes sense. But <laughs> yes, there there was a big controversy about that back in the day. And that's not to say that we've ever learned any lessons about that. No. But, you know, whatever. But that's the last story in this one. Yeah. I, I do like that Sandman is constantly throwing, um, like, the tenets of the Muslim faith back at this version of this character, who is, again, based on a historical guy, at least very, very loosely. But, yeah, he's just like, on Ramadan, you're going to offer me a grape? Really? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he was. I did. That was. That, I did like that. That the guy's eating when nobody else is supposed to be. That was. That was <laughs> it's like it. Harun Al Rashid was. He was very much a a religious man, very much. And the tales of uh, Thousand and One Nights built on his legendary presence because that you know he was a real person, but he was more famously portrayed in those stories so it's it's pretty cool they're doing a lot of interesting stuff with you know the thousand and one nights tales of uh shahrazad and they're also dealing with the historical person that harun al-rashid actually was as at least as far as we know but it's i don't know it's cool and that's the one thing i really do like about sandman is that this is like the one historical fiction that i can get behind 
I'll take it. <laughs> like, like for the most part, historical fiction's kind of like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm sure that those people totally met and totally, you know, hung out and loved each other. Whatever. Okay. But this I can deal with. I like this. Like you can believe that Shakespeare played to a bunch of monsters and stuff and and pictures yeah. and fables. Okay. Actually, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that more than like Jack the Ripper being friends with another serial killer during that time. Yeah, I don't really, I don't buy that either. Yeah, historical crazy. fiction. They would that's have killed story. each other. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I buy that Holmes was stupid and his assistant turned him in. I, I buy that part. Well, I mean, that's true. <laughs> I don't. Know. All right. I think that. Oh, and just random knowledge. As we've been talking, I did buy the Sandman Death Funko Pop, by the way. So it was twenty bucks on Amazon at the time of this recording. <laughs> Oh, there you go. August 1st, 2023. Yes, I picked, I'm like, oh, I just I looked it up. I was like, hmm, it's 30 bucks on eBay. And then Amazon just clicked up. I was just curious. And I'm like, oh, $20? Two-day shipping? And it's on its way here. So Fantastic. That's the only Sandman pop, too, by the way. Well, that's a damn shame. It really? Yeah. It's also a, the comic version of that. It's not the show. It's just the, just the comic. And that's, yeah. What, yeah, that's what I want. No. Uh, who else would you even have? Morpheus? Uh... Oh, you need Morpheus. Yeah, who else would you even have? Uh, I mean, I oh, think you'd have Delirium Desire. Desire. It, yeah, I guess you could have the other Endless. Yeah, you could. Yeah. Well, Despair would be a little book. Hard. Yeah, get uh, Hob. Uh, get. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they do everything. I... Coming up in more episodes, but uh, you definitely need the Corinthian. <laughs> sure, yeah. Get the, you get a little chibi Corinthian. That'd be adorable. I want a fucking chibi death now, damn it. That chibi death from that. You know what? I'm going to take up. I need to get back to that page and go upstairs and show my wife when I go to sleep. Chibi death. And then she might actually read this book again. <laughs> oh, no. I just really got to kick out of Chibi death and Chibi or Morpheus. I it just. Yeah, I don't know. It was just so awesome. All right. Let's go to Shelf Stacker Box instead of me rambling. And Chris, what about you? Uh, I would say shelf. It's not on my shelf at the moment. But yeah, this is I, I really do feel like uh, Gaiman's coming into his own. Um, I do like the separate stories uh, because it is just an, an opportunity to tell like very fun done in ones or Orpheus, which is more like a done in three. But yeah, I, I really like uh, the confidence he has in sort of expanding the mythology of the world. All right. And Ken. Oh, this is absolutely going on my shelf. Like I said at the top of the episode, I really like this book. I, you know, I know it's not lore focused, but it's it's great and it sets the tone. Okay, and I'll go last. I'm also going to put this on the shelf. I really enjoyed most of it. I mean, sure, there's a couple that I didn't enjoy as much, but as we've been talking, you made me appreciate more and more of all these issues, even Ramadan and even like the 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 rooks. Like I'm just everything but the August. I I can't appreciate August more, but. The rest of the book, I, it's just such a good book. And Sandman keeps blowing me away with how much I enjoy this series. And I can't wait for us to continue. With 7, 8, 9, and 10. And then probably 11 and 12. <laughs> I probably won't stop. I don't think I'm going to do the Jill, the, the stuff after Neil Gaiman just because I don't care enough. But I think you got to do high cost of living. Okay. Well, I mean, once we finish, I'm sure, why not? I don't mind doing more stuff that I can add to, <laughs> to this freaking collection of stuff. So that's all I do. I'm just confused why eBay is selling death for 30 some bucks when I just bought it on Amazon for 20 because people are dumb and they'll buy things without looking. <laughs> and, Fair. you know, I know we've talked about we've covered Sandman books outside of Spooktober before. Yes. And we'll do it again. Yes. But I don't know. Something just feels so right about reading Sandman for Spooktober. Like it's not necessarily always horror, but it's mostly horror adjacent. And I mean, yeah, when it's some, not horror, it 
has some terrible things that happen in it. Dollhouse was horror, in my oh, opinion. That was that was straight up horror, and there's more horror coming. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, hey, I'm all on board. I I'm in, I'm loving these. So you know, sign me up. We're gonna we're gonna we're. I'm now that I got through. I have three people. <laughs> like you know, I got you guys. We're gonna do the whole series. We're gonna do. We're doing. We just did six. Seven is gonna. The plan is seven will be this spooktober. That's the plan. <laughs> I can't guarantee it will happen, but that's the plan. And then yeah, eight, nine, ten will will happen. I'm hoping 2024 we're done. Yeah, I'll make sure. <laughs> that's not hard. I know. I'm trying to. I'm also trying to wrap up series more now in the show than I was before. I'm trying to finish stuff I started so I can move on to other stuff because there are other comics I want to read. Like I want to read Saga. I want to read Preacher. So I need to finish that. You should read Boon Knight. What? I know. <laughs> we'll do an Arkham Moon. <laughs> I need to do the end of the show. All right. And Chris, where will we find you at? Uh, as I mentioned, you can find me at Your Stupid Minds. We just recently did an episode on the Care Bears movie instead of Barbie. We talked about one of the worst uh, based on a toy movies I've ever seen. <laughs> it had almost broke my brain. Um, and you can listen and find out which uh, Care Bears we love and which ones we hate, uh, which is most of them. Uh, we we love Grumpy Bear though. He's <laughs> he has the right attitude, and uh, all the other bears are bad. Uh, or you can uh, listen to some of my friends read comics. We've almost finished. Uh, we've been doing a long read of Nightfall. It's almost done, and we've recently done. Uh, we're we're almost to the death of Captain America from two thousand four, I think. And we just read the Simpsons Futurama crossover issues uh, from Bongo Comics in two thousand two and two thousand five. It's really too bad they killed off Captain America and he never came back. Yeah, it's been almost uh, 18 years now. Uh, oh. No Captain America. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, at least it wasn't as bad as Miss Marvel dying in a Spider-Man comic. Hey, look, guess what? Here's her new series and her new costume and everything. Yeah, and she like wakes up on Krakoa and is like, you're a mutant. <laughs> Congratulations. We, we're going to throw that in humans origin in the trash can. <laughs> Just like everything else is in humans. <laughs> yeah. We have the right. We have the rights to X Men. So you're one of them now. <laughs> we don't care anymore about Inhumans now that we. No. Yeah. We don't. We don't need Inhumans. Uh, streaming now on Disney Plus. You can watch the whole season if you want. It stinks. I like it. I don't like it at all. I think it's pretty. Again, it's everything I don't like about streaming shows. And that the first episode is okay, and the next four are nothing. <laughs> all right. And if you enjoyed this episode. You can listen to all the other salmon that we've done and all the salmon that might have been done by the time, depending on when you, depending on what you decide to listen to this episode. <laughs> so go look. We have a huge catalog. You can find everything on our Podbean website. You can just go in, sir, type in Sandman, type in Star Wars, type in Batman. You will find something. You will find tons of something. That's with all the things that I named. So type in Reanimator. Hey, you'll find that too, unfortunately. So, and under the skin, ah, you'll find that too. Ah, so just, we do all sorts of random movies, films, comics, video games, all sorts of stuff. So go look through our giant catalog of episodes that we have created. Um, if you want to support the show, we do a Patreon with a little dog vote in our Patreon poll. You'll see a link in the show notes. We have a Discord. Please join that. I have updated the link. I'm going to keep saying that. So it should work. If it doesn't, tell me somehow. Message me on Facebook. Message, you can find me everywhere. Twitter, Messenger. I'm on Threads. Instagram. Oh, sorry, not Twitter. X. I'm on X. Unless <laughs> it's still around at the time of recording this. But so you can find us all there. Please follow us there. I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fury. Follow her on TikTok. And I want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker to the MCU movies with me. He made his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40. So if you go check him out, I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. So long, everybody. Sweet dreams. <laughs>